Betches Media presents... I would like to speak to America's men for one minute. That slacker barista. I start getting full of emotion. Now we're going to build this new bridge here. Can I provide a definition? Mm-hmm. No, I can't. Betches Up Podcast. Like, how are people surviving? Hello, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Millie Tamaris. And this is the Betches Up Podcast, where C-SPAN meets group chat to help you process and laugh at the biggest topics in U.S. news and politics. It is Thanksgiving today. If you're listening to this, it is because the three of us gathered on our day off to record a 30-minute episode, obviously. Mm-hmm. Started it's our day. Record. It is a, a pre-record. Guys. Millie don't cannot tell them. a lie. I cannot tell a lie. I don't want them to feel bad. I would feel bad. In We've my never lied. Podcast. We've never lied to them. We've never lied to them. But you know, yesterday we just did like sort of a general Thanksgiving travel episode. Today I thought we would uh, take some advice. You know, we've done some Q and A episodes in the past, but to be honest, I am not super comfortable talking about myself. I sometimes think. It- feels really indulgent to do Q&A episodes. I don't know. Listeners, tell me if you disagree. But this time, I wanted to actually provide something of value rather than just talk about ourselves in case that's not valuable. So we invited you guys to uh, ask for some advice. We invited you to ask advice about dating, about work. And you really gave us a similar energy to we had to what I would say we saw in our live show when we asked for Am I a Bad Feminist but submissions, which is chaotic, unhinged, unfiltered. There is not anything that you spared, and we're thrilled about it. Yeah, you're like, should we give advice? Our listeners are like, I'm unloading on you, <laughs> We bitch. need a Patreon <laughs> for everything non, non-politics. This is crazy. I'm, I'm so excited. Yeah, and also like, the, these are just the first. We only have half an hour, and these are just like the first ten I read. There are there are many more, so I think we might go this route when we um, inevitably prep some Christmas episodes as well. So these are in a few categories. We're going to start with you know the question that we get a lot, and that we did sort of address yesterday, which is like, how do I handle Thanksgiving with annoying conservative relatives? And Elise, I feel like you gave a pretty perfect answer. I think you gave like two up reply options, which is just, um, yeah, I don't believe that at all. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, or just think- um or just just peacefully leaving just oh or where'd you hear that I like to say where'd you hear that where'd you hear that is really good I mean it also it depends on what's being said exactly so some a lot of people ask generally but the one that I picked I, that I wanted to sort of address today is very specific and and even might require a different response so this is the question my liberal sister is bringing home her Trump supporter boyfriend for Thanksgiving. I truly don't know how to be nice to him when he's cop to it and is racist to boot and has expressed violent tendencies. Any advice? Welcome. Okay. Well, since we started, so I think this is different than what I would say based on (laughs) other things. So number one, first point, your sister's not a liberal. Sorry, but she's dating a violently racist Trump supporter. So you actually... The, the Trump supporter boyfriend is one thing, but number one, you need to have a talk with your sister mm-hmm. and interrogate her beliefs and figure out why she thinks it's okay to even bring someone like this around you and your family because mm-hmm. that's a big problem. Um, number two, I mean, it seems like the, te- the, the tone of this question is that he's someone who is going to bring this stuff up and doesn't have enough tact to like come to a family Thanksgiving and not try to mm-hmm. troll with his beliefs. Right. So, um That's different than what you were saying though, right? Exactly. Yeah, yes. I mean, it's it's different like I think it's like if someone brings up 
whatever, a we- a worldview that you don't agree with or tries to say the election was stolen and you don't want to get in with, into that with them, you can be like, I don't believe that at all. That's not where I'm coming from and end a conversation with them. If someone says something racist, you have to say that is racist. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, you can, <sighs> I, it's very difficult when you're dealing with family situations. There's a lot of different pressures. You don't want to be the person who quote unquote ruins Thanksgiving, but saying something racist is the thing that ruined Thanksgiving. Yeah. Your sister so, ruined Thanksgiving. Yeah. Your sister ruined Thanksgiving by bringing this person who is violent, is racist, and also doesn't even have the, the sense in their head to not like put that f- out in conversation at a family Thanksgiving that isn't even their fucking family. Yeah. So if he says something that is violent or racist, I think you really just, I think the simplest answer is the best, which is just to say that is violent. That is racist. And you can exit the conversation after that. You don't have to continue to engage with someone who's saying racist shit. You can say that is racist. I'm done with you. And then you don't have to interact with them for the rest of the night. And it sounds like that might happen fairly early. And I think that in general, I think that um, we talk a lot about, obviously we talk about politics. We're also passionate about our beliefs and thoughts. And I know for me, I already like clamp up at the idea of hearing that someone's a Trump supporter and they're going to be around me. Like that's just not a reality that I like to live, but it's not real. It's not the reality of the world, you know? And also you know, it's good for me, for me personally to keep in mind in general, not in this situation, that most people don't give a shit about politics. Even if they did vote for Trump, they just like are going along with other people and stuff. And maybe they're just misinformed or maybe they do believe that stuff, but it's not, politics are not a big, big, uh, important factor in some people's daily lives. It seems like this guy is. So like Elise was saying, like putting a heart, putting a boundary down and yeah, like, I used to get, you know, even my family who mostly, mostly is liberal, I still have problems with them because they'll say something either racist or misogynistic and then I'll respond to it. And, but, but, but the thing is that like, I'm always the one who ruins Thanksgiving quote unquote, because I engage Mm -hmm. and I respond, but it's just like, I think that you guys gave great advice of like, you know, you can put a boundary down, say that it's not okay. And leave it at that and don't engage because you're not going to change this guy's mind in one fucking Thanksgiving. Obviously, if it worked like that. And also, too, something that gave me or gives me like just some solace is that they're probably just as nervous to interact with you. They're like, oh, no, I'm going to dinner with my liberal family. And they they think it's okay for kids to be drag queens or whatever horrible shit they believe. So everyone's uptight about it. Yeah. I think like you said, it's like for, for this listener, like even if you're able to take the advice where you, you're, you put down a boundary really early and they get the picture to just like, we're going to ignore each other. Remember that that's his fault. That's not your fault. Because I knew if I did that, I would still feel really anxious all night. Mm -hmm. Try not to. And try to be like, he did this. They, they did this by bringing this into the home. Like, like you said, like, this is different. Like you're saying he's expressed violent tendencies. Like that's like, you shouldn't have to be around that. So you establishing a boundary just to like, just when you feel yourself getting anxious and tight over it, just remember it's like, he did this. Like I have a right to enjoy this space. I have Mm -hmm. done nothing wrong to, you know, compromise my enjoyment. He has tried to keep reminding yourself of that. 
Yeah. And I really think simple, the simplest statements can work if you just let them sit. So like, I don't believe that. That is scary to it me. Neutralizes it. Yeah. <laughs> that is that racist. Is scary to- <laughs> yeah. like, like sometimes I think sometimes we get caught up in being like, I should have my entire explanation prepared and I should have my entire like ethos ready and available for me to explain eloquently at dinner. And actually, that's not really what's necessary. You can just say in simple terms, I'm not about that at all. I think that's racist and leave it there. And sometimes just letting it, letting like, oh, what a bizarre thing to say. Just sit is like the most. The biggest neg. The biggest neg is just to be like, oh, how strange. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Love that. Love that. And yeah, like there might be a person where it's like this guy. It's like if you're worried he's going to then instigate, then maybe that's not the person. But there are plenty of people where that is a very, um, just sort of neutralizes it. And they're just sort of like, all right, I'm not going to try that with with her anymore. Mm -hmm. Hey, American Fever Dream listeners. I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Now you can use Gift Mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone and any occasion. It's easy. Just tap or click Gift Mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com. Then answer a few short questions about who you're shopping for and what they like, and Gift Mode instantly gives you curated gift ideas based on hundreds of personas. Now it's simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. Whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of the things I like to buy on Etsy have little dachshunds on them or are four dachshunds. Dottie's got a whole litany of new sweaters and harnesses and all kinds of fun stuff that we get lots of compliments on when we're out on walks. A gifting moment is always just around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift Mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. We all know your hair and skin can sway your mood and impact your day in ways you can't underestimate. Sometimes what starts as a bad hair day quickly turns into a bad everything else day. I'd never found beauty products that really understood my needs, but ever since I switched to custom hair and skin routine with pros, I've noticed so many benefits healthier hair and skin. Yes, but beyond that too. Since I started using pros, I've noticed consistently healthy hair. Even with all I put it through with the heat tools and the hairsprays to get this pompadour sky high, it smells great. It looks fancy on the shelf. And I like that it has my name right on it. This formula is made for V. Pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do, from their in-depth consultation to their made-to-order model. From millions of possible formulas, only one is uniquely yours or mine. And Pros isn't just better for you. It's better for the planet. They're a certified B Corp, cruelty-free, and the first and only carbon-neutral custom beauty brand. They even have a review and refine tool, which learns from my feedback and adjusts my formula to keep up with the seasons and changes in my life. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin that they're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription at pros.com slash feverdream. So get your free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash feverdream. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash feverdream. We also got a couple of work questions, which I think is um, sort of in keeping with like the year end. One person asked, I'm up for a promotion to be a manager, but my director is bad at managing. What do I do? I feel like this really depends on your kind of like dynamic, but like the the phrase managing up exists for a reason. Like 
if your director is bad at managing, you can maybe do your job for them. Like write out everything that you have done to earn that promotion and give it to them so that they can basically like repeat it, do their job for them. Mm. Like make it, manage up, make it as easy as possible for them to deliver this ask for you and show that you've earned it. And like you probably, like once you start writing it all down, like you've definitely earned it, it's going to be a no brainer. We tend to sort of like nag ourselves a lot more than other people do, but don't be scared to like go over their head too. If you feel like that's super important. Sometimes with managers, you can be like, you can even frankly be like, maybe tell them you're going to go over their head. Just like, hey, I I might discuss, you know, my year, my work this year with this person just to get a sense for opportunities for growth. And you can ask questions that kind of like kick their butt into gear like, oh shit, I guess I should be thinking about opportunities for growth. So just like be really, ag- not aggressive, but like talk about it, write it down, don't let it go, keep bringing it up, keep reminding them that it's their job to advocate that for you. But there are things that you can do. Don't don't just be quiet about it. Don't don't leave it to them. And also like even if even in the long term, if you don't want to stay at that job, um, I'm always like leaving jobs. But even if you don't want to stay at that job, get the promotion first so that mm-hmm. the next job you can go in in a better position. Right. Cause that that's what I was gonna say is like, you know, take the promotion, see if it's it might be not as bad as you're imag- imagining it. It might be just as bad as you're imagining it. It might be worse. But if it's either, if it's bad or worse and you don't want to do it anymore, you're still at least now leveraging that higher position to move at whatever, this managerial level, you'll move now at that level to your next place as opposed to like leaving now and having to go to somewhere else and earn that position again. Yeah, that basically answers the next kind of work question we got, which is, I'm not satisfied at work, but the pay is good and hashtag job security. Do I try to leave or get promoted for money? And I feel like definitely try to get promoted before you leave. It just Mm -hmm. depends on like your career. Like if you're in a place right now where you don't have people relying on you, where you don't plan to start a family soon or ever, or you don't have a pet or like you just can afford to maybe just like not spend a lot of money for a couple months, then do it because there might not ever be a time in your life where you can just sort of like bounce. Like I feel like we're kind of in our career. Like I feel like Mike and I are at this that point now where it's like we can't really do that. Like that would just be a, a tremendously irresponsible thing to do. So it's like very dependent. I mean, this is a, it depends what field you work in. If you live, if you work in a field that is very um, prone to you know, recession cutbacks and you know when you're going to start looking, there might not be anything there for you. I would probably suggest like sticking it out for a little longer. But the advice that Million Elise gave to get get promoted, like take their money while they'll give it to you and then you're in an even better position. You'll, you'll be banking more for when and if you want to leave and you'll be leaving like so that you can start higher off somewhere else. So I guess like depends on where you're at, but try to stay if you're not miserable. Like if you're just unsatisfied, Maybe you can stick it out. I think like, when do you guys think it's is time to like, for my health and longevity, it's time for me to, to call it? Well, what I was going to say was, you know, this person said, I'm not satisfied at work. That, that could mean a lot of things. But a lot of times too, like our life is so beautiful and it's so rich and it's, it's, it, it, it we need to get fulfillment in things outside of our jobs. So sometimes, you know, sometimes it's like if your boss is abusive or if it's a toxic work environment, that's one thing. But if you're not getting fulfilled at work, there are plenty of other things of like join some kind of, you know, outside of work sports thing or get into yoga or 
volunteer at a soup kitchen or something. You know what I mean? Those those sound mentor really someone. like lame or yeah, mentor trivia someone. or whatever. Like I mean, like there's a lot of things. People there's love a lot pickleball. Of things to get. <laughs> yeah, like your job really can be this place that you get money and you just clock in, clock out, and it doesn't have to be. I feel like with especially like hashtag girl boss and hustle culture and stuff, and you're just never gonna get. A hundred percent fulfillment, and that's even something that I'm still struggling with, even in comedy. Like, there's things like, oh, I really want this. When I get this kind of comedy job, where I'm gonna be writing all day, and I, it's still like nothing is ever gonna give you one hundred percent fulfillment. So you have to try to live a rich life outside of every, you know, everything. So it could. I, that's just my advice. <laughs> I know. It's so interesting that this person, I feel like it's so telling of this person and makes women at work in general, is that her two options were, do I leave or try to get promoted? Babe, there's a middle option. I believe the kids call it quiet quitting, where you just show up and do what you're paid to do until you find something that you feel strongly about or you feel like I can no longer do that. So like, why push yourself for the promotion? Ten minutes ago, I was like, get the promotion before you leave. But it just depends on what you value right now and where mm-hmm. you are in your career and what you can handle. But like, as everything we've been saying, it sounds like there there are like some paths to fulfillment before potentially just deciding deciding to leave. Okay, those were our work questions. Now we're going to be – well, now we have – we have these are actually – most of them are work and dating. You guys are messy. First one, I'm 32 and falling for my 25-year-old coworker. He's so lovely and I can't help myself. SOS. I don't think you need saving. I think this is lovely. You know? Yeah, I don't I don't think there's anything wrong with a 32-year-old and a 25-year-old dating, Sammy's really. Sammy's fiance, like, and this isn't a secret, is like five years younger or something. Oh, really? Yeah, he's wait. like 27. Maybe he was like 26 or 25 when they met. Oh, I did not know that. My question, okay, so I, I'm wondering if this person knows Co-worker. him much outside of work, though. Yeah. Because I think that, he probably seems like a very like a big boy at work. He's very adult. <laughs> but I wonder if maybe you interrogated his personal life more. The 25 would jump out in a way that would maybe temper some of the crush for you as a 32 yeah, year old. Yeah. So ick. if you if it seems like since this mm-hmm. person wants to end this crush. So if you don't know him that well. Maybe, I don't know, maybe look around, see, try. I, it's funny because it's like you could end up falling more in love with him if it turns out he's just like a very nice 25-year-old who is great. But you could also be like, oh, my God, wait, he lives with six roommates and they don't wash their sheets. And um, yeah. Well, it's <laughs> like, reminding me of this season of Love is Blind with Bartice and Nancy. <laughs> and he, Ooh, I haven't been watching. Yeah, he's about seven years younger than her. And like the age difference, like in the pods, he's really like, I'm mature. I'm ready for this. I'm more mature than people my age. And then when they're out of it, it comes out more and more. He's like anti, like weirdly like kind of anti-abortion and like oh, it's just not like keeps talking well, about how hot other girls fetus, are so yeah, yeah. No, that's why he's <laughs> he was a zygote two days ago yeah i think that's a, that's a very good point like everyone is usually on their best behavior at work hopefully and it's so easy to get work crushes also like think to yourself that um like do you would really love him or is it just so fun to have a cute little work crush because that can yeah. just be it's that can be enough too like that's like, that's great so that can be enough. I'm going to go on the opposite end of like, if you're worried, if you want to explore something, but you're anxious about the age difference, I would say 
a lot of, I think it's a lot more normal, right? Quote unquote for women to go after older men because of blah, blah, blah. But the, the, the case for dating someone younger is something that, you know, I've always, I've dated a few people a few years younger than me. Um, and what's exciting is the, I mean, 25 is probably as young as I'll go. And even so, I'm a little uncomfortable with that, but I get it. But I'm just like, um, the younger that guys are. It's legal, everyone. It's legal. Yeah. I'm talking about legal because I'm like, whatever. But I feel like younger men are not as contained with the gender stereotypes and the patriarchal shit and the the rigid uh, gender things. And they're more open emotionally and vulnerable. I mean, I'm not like, I'm doing a big sweeping generalization, but that is also a a benefit of dating someone younger is like, here's this guy who doesn't care about painting his nails or doesn't care about who, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that's always fun, which is, and you know, as somebody who's progressive, I find that I have an easier time dating somebody my age or a little younger versus dating someone who's 10 years older or something like that. Um, it's always challenging. So that's that, that case. That's a really interesting element. Yeah. I never thought that like younger guys have like a, a different relationship to masculinity, different relationship and also tend to be more progressive. Definitely. I mean, you know, well, there, there was that chart going around. I don't know if it's accurate or not, but that like gen X is, Mm -hmm. can lean pretty Republican um, a lot of times. So it's like, yeah, you, you might find, uh, you might find your values aligning with these these Gen Zers. We all dread the what should we have for dinner question. I mean, I know I do. I love a home-cooked meal, but I don't always have the time, energy, or groceries to make it happen. Being able to feast on a delicious meal without the long prep and cook times is what drew me to Home Chef over the other guys. Home Chef's meals are effortless, so I can spend less time trying to be Top Chef and more time watching it. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. Whether you prefer classic meal kits with pre-portioned ingredients and easy instructions, speedy recipes ready in less than 30 minutes, oven-ready kits with pre-chopped ingredients, or quick microwave meals that assemble in minutes, Home Chef has you covered for delicious meals without the hassle. Home Chef has over 30 options a week and serves a variety of dietary needs, so you never have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. For a limited time, Home Chef is offering our listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and of course, free shipping on your first box. Just go to homechef.com slash fever dream. That's homechef.com slash fever dream for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard that right. Homechef.com slash fever dream must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Today's episode of American Fever Dream is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. It's Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription rental service, and for just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles. They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. You get fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. This is the best. You just put it back in your box, send it out, and before you know it, you've got your next one. 
And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. I bought the Rachel Antonoff pasta puffer from them. I was obsessed with it, like everybody who tries it is, and it was completely sold out everywhere else. So I felt like I really, really had an in there. So thank you, Newly. Newly is an amazing value at $98 a month for any six styles. And right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code FeverDream20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's newly with two U's and enter the code FeverDream20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com, newly with two U's with code FeverDream20. Newly subscription clothing rental, change your clothes. This is um, almost like an inverse question. Yeah. I work remotely and had video sex with my married boss. I just love how that <laughs> both those details had to go together. It's <laughs> like I had video sex with my married boss while we were working remote. Like, were you on a work meeting? And this that's what just I do want to know. I feel like because of the way this <laughs> sentence was framed, that this was supposed to be ostensibly a work Zoom. And this listener asks, "Am I going to hell?" First of all, no, I don't think that's a hellbound offense. Second of all, if anybody were going to be held responsible for any um, indiscretions, I think it would be your married boss on two levels. He's your boss and he's married. I'll say that so you do we you, talked girl. about, we talk, first of all, is hell real? Who knows? Blah, blah, blah. Certainly not Dick Cheney's hell. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> if we're sorry. talking hell, maybe you might go to hell. Who cares? But we're all going to hell if that's the case. But we're not going to Dick Cheney hell and that's the point. Um, but you know, in Buddhism, they feel, they believe that hell is a place on earth that like every time, you know, you're with people who treat you poorly or you're not, you're being taken advantage of that's hell. So, you know, are you going to hell? Maybe you might be in hell already. Also, (laughs) um, video sex. I have more questions than advice. Such as I'm like, how did this happen? Who's uh, what do you guys do? What is going on? Where was his wife? Where were you video chatting? This is, right. What time? What was the time difference? How far do you live from each other? What's going on? Yeah, you're definitely not going to hell. I mean, listen, you're only young. I, I actually don't know how your your age. It actually is completely irrelevant. But like, it's more he 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 is the one who had ethical indiscretion, indiscretions, and I tend. To like, if if you were put in that scenario and it was consensual and and you had a nice time, then and you can pick up the pieces professionally, then obviously you're not going to hell. I hope it works out for you. I hope this doesn't like blow up in either of their faces. But it is it is very frustrating when just women like exploring a consensual sexual appetite is like so loaded. But yeah, it just sucks. Like you know, there is that guilt around sexuality. But I also have to say. People were really worried that virtual work is going to ruin office culture and ruin <laughs> the affair, ruin affairs. And we're here to say that when there's a will, there's a way, baby. Uh, so there. And I hope that they weren't on billable hours. Oh, my God. Can you imagine if you hired lawyers and they're fucking each other on Zoom yeah. and they're charging you for it? Excuse me. Where's my divorce? I don't care that you're married. I care that these are billable hours. Also, you do bill in big law. Here's the thing. In big law, you bill in six-minute increments. So it really just depends how long Mr. Well, let's Mr. hope that it was <laughs> – at least. if it's six-minute in- increments, it could have been <laughs> – could have been one to one to four maximum. We only have time for uh, can we do two more? Do you guys have time for two more? Like five more minutes? Perfect. <laughs> All right. The next one is also unhinged. I dated a sociopath in 2017. 
He's broken up with two girls since. Should I reach out to them? So the interesting part of this question is that she's asking if she should reach out to people that he has also broken up with. And I think that, you know, another thing to consider would be should this should you reach out to somebody he's dating who he has not broken up with? But do you think there's value in her reaching out to these people and being like, I know he's a clinical sociopath. Uh, let's commiserate about how he damaged us. No. <laughs> I'm going to say no. I don't think – well, okay, th- which this letter doesn't reveal that he was, like, particularly abusive, though I imagine dating a sociopath, I mean, it's not fun. But I think unless you really have something to say – um, the vibe I get from reaching out to exes is honestly that you're not over this relationship mm. and you want to still be involved in it in some way by reaching out to exes and whatnot. I think if there's not like, I think that he, like he abused me in this way, like a reason for you to reach out. And also if they're already broken up, I just don't see, I don't understand what you personally get out of it by doing that. I'm again disagree gonna disagree <laughs> mm-hmm. and say like I see that she probably wants community or validation and she might not I feel like if you want to um but I hear what you're saying she might not be over it which I do think speaking to a therapist about this and mm-hmm. your inclination might be helpful and might you might get more of what you want and more re- resolution but I also know that Sometimes you go through something and you just, it's just hard to not take it personally and not, and maybe she did do the work of therapy and she realized that he was a clinical sociopath and she's like done that work. And I could see a benefit of being like, Hey, I went through something that you went through and I just want to reach out. Like I was alone in this moment and you don't have to be because I went through the same thing with this person. Um, I can see a benefit for that, but like, you just have to know, like Elise was saying that if you're looking for something, if you're looking to be there for someone and provide community, then I think then, you know, that's a good expectation to have. But if you're going into it thinking that I'm going to reach out to somebody and they're going to give me the validation and I'm going to get something out of it then you might, it might not be fruitful. Which is I think that's a perfect, yeah, yeah. You can leave it open-ended too and sort of reach out and be like, literally, like, don't, don't reply to me. You don't have to say anything. I just thought I would make myself available in case you had any questions or wanted to like cross-reference, but make it totally, it has to be selfless. So you have yeah. to really think that's about it that way. the thing is like, I'm just not getting the feeling, like, does this person, again, there could be more information that's not included in their question. It was an Instagram like, yeah, I said it had know, to fit in the little box. And Instagram yeah. reach. So, but um, um, I, my thing is like, unless you know that they feel the same way about this relationship as you do too, like, cause there, if you, if you don't, then there's a world where you reach out and they're like, actually we ended amicably and I don't have the same experience as you. And like, yeah. would that feel hurtful? You know, Probably. like if you reached yeah. out to this person and we're like, Hey, I had a horrible experience with this guy. I just want to commiserate. And they were like, Oh, actually, we ended amicably and I don't have any hard feelings towards him. Like, are you yeah. prepared for that response too? Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'll just say, like, not romantically, but um, well, actually, two things, right? Once I had a friend who I had a really bad falling out for, and she like kind of got a new friend. 
and would talk about me to that new friend. And when her and that girl had a falling out, Mm. that girl reached out to me and was like, hey, like, I heard all these things about you and like, whatever. And like me and her were able to create a really great bond of friendship through like, this person said bad things about us. And like the same thing happened and all of that. And um, also this guy that I dated who was, I'm pretty sure he was a sociopath. Um, We had a mutual friend and he took advantage of this other friend the way that he did me. And like, again, we were able to commiserate and stuff. But it was, um, it, it is risky. So it sounds like there's probably, yeah. and I'm sure the listener has pursued this, but there's probably ways to commiserate and find validation and community around this. And it doesn't have to be the exact same people that he dated. Um, I definitely understand the instinct to want to like cross reference with them. But if I would maybe first suggest continuing to look for like other resources that it's not the exact person to sort of get mm. what you're looking for. Clearly, we need to do um, an elongated advice episode. So we'll be back <laughs> for that if we didn't get to your. To your question, don't worry. We will we will get to it. I appreciate. Uh, we will not. I will not read. Having read those questions, I definitely feel obligated to answer them. But uh, that is our time for today. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody! Until the end of democracy, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Millie Tamaris. And this is the Better Stuff Podcast. Bye. The Better Stuff Podcast is produced by Amanda Duberman, Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales Pico, and Rebecca Sasmacat. Editing by Rebecca Sasmacat. Social media by Amanda Duberman and Bridget Swartz. Be sure to follow at Betches underscore SUP on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send us your emails at SUPPod at Betches.com. Betches.